Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our masters. Your hosts are Nancy L. Hopkins and Walt Zilba. Producing the show is Colleen Kelly. The theme song is called Disturbance and is written and performed by Renate Jet and Jet Music. You are listening to Wolf Spirit Radio at wolfspiritradio.com. Emotionally undercover for a lover overdressed. The cycle is created long before you start to think that the blink is your decision what you do. No clue for the food fighter. <laughs> It's the Cosmic Reality Show time, and it's uh, September 15th, 2015. Um, again, as we did last week, we're going to uh, take the first hour, and we're going to uh, play a, a tape. Now, as you might, most of you know, because you, you're following us, is that Walt and I have a Sunday, the first uh, Sunday of the month, we have a show that follows Simon Parks. And Simon, God bless him, uh, can bring up more so, or his, his questioners. I mean, it's the people in the chat room that ask him all these questions. And he brings up a lot of issues. And then we follow that show discussing his issues. So it, sometimes Walt and I have been introduced to things that we know about, but we really haven't thought about. But if Simon thinks it's important, maybe we better pay attention. And I guess that's what happened because um, Walt got let's say, fixated on the archons. And so he he messages me about it, and I, I, I get on with him. And that's what the first tape is. It's a recording of the discussion that we had regarding what he had already done with the djinn and what was the next step. Now, as far as I know, and believe me, I know very little about it except for what was told to me by Simon and now Walt and the djinn. Well, in Gaia, um, the, it's an AI. It's an artificial intelligence system, and it was never clear to us to begin with where this thing came from. And part of what you're going to hear is is where it came from. So, Walt's going to join us in the second hour, and I really hope you can go through this and really listen to it, because in the second hour. We want you to help us basically deal with the situation as it now stands. Um, I think you'll find it very interesting. I hope you'll find it interesting. And I hope that you will um, be willing to participate in basically coming together as individuals with powers that maybe we don't quite yet understand or even know we have. But as we go through this process, we're learning more and more about our own powers. So I think you'll find it informative, exciting, and um, if you will, my sweet producer, would you put that tape on, and uh, I'll see you at the end of it. All righty, here we go. Barbell games all over again. You know, oh, we are more important. Oh, we are more powerful. Oh, we have more people. It's like, I mean, what's, what's the reason, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses go around knocking on doors well because they need more energy it's you know energy harvesting mechanism the more people we get into our group the stronger our group is and the stronger our belief is blood you know same game we've been playing for the last 25,000 years so I, I totally believe that yes we we did work on and we did set intentions on the harp 
on the on the CERN thing when we were looking at that. And here you have, you know, Simon's group hitting the same target. So I don't think one was more powerful than the other. I think everything came together in the service of Gaia. So she availed herself of everything, of all those people that were focused on this to be able to change this game around. I'm, I'm sick of this business. Oh, I'm more powerful. Oh, I know more. Oh, I've read 10 books. Oh, I've read 20 books. I win. <laughs> well, <clears throat> and the other thing about it is is that, that we were very clear that we weren't doing this, that, that we were able to do this because of the amount of energy that others were putting out. Right. You know, although I can also make the case that when you made your affirmation of you you weren't going to accept it, I think it only takes one human being to do that. Uh, th and that's the thing is that the this is the uh, we we spoke about this the one time that uh, one of the times that Gene was with us on the show, and you see it right then and there the proof in in Elia's book the interview with a psychic assassin where you scratch your head and you say, why are they bothering to go around killing these single individuals? Well, because right right then and there, it only would take one single individual with a totally revolutionary idea or just one single individual to wake up. And it's like, it's like a brush fire. It just takes off people around them. So if you can kill that one little guy, you know, everybody will continue being nice and sleep. So, yeah, the power of the one is so critical, and that's why they have these psychic assassins to begin with. Well, I told you about the comet Kohotek, did I? I don't remember. Okay, it, in 1972, uh, it's a long story, but I'm going to summarize it. Um, in, in June of 72, mm. a friend of mine was at dinner with a man who was... Um, one of these never succeeded really kind of guys but could build all sorts of amazing things mm. in his garage. And Steve said that he was like the most intelligent man he'd ever met. And he, But he was friends with the wife, not so much the husband. And he had gone to dinner and the guy was, was rather just, you could see he was very upset. And finally, said, what, what's happening, you know? And he was an amateur astronomer and he'd been watching this... Um, comet called Kohotek after the guy that first saw it and had been for a number of months and in June in Astro June, uh, Astronomy Astronomy Magazine I think it was called um, they stopped projecting the uh, trajectory they only gave the location and speed and that was they had been doing that and they stopped in June and uh but he just did it out himself, and he realized the reason they had stopped is that the damn thing was going to collide with Earth or was going to come in a collision possibility with Earth in, <laughs> on December 25th <laughs> of 72. And uh, so Steve was like, well, I, somehow or another the guy said to him, uh, read Planets in Collision by Beloskovsky. And... So Steve tells me that, and I go like, oh, that's weird, because I got it on my bookshelf, and I'd never read it. So I read it, and it's it's without a doubt one of the, if not the most, uh, one of the best th theses I've ever read. Uh, the way he presented it, and the, and the amazing story he was telling. 
but he thinks that Venus was actually a comet that got trapped. Well, 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 it got close to Earth, and so there was an electromagnetic discharge between the two planets at the time of Moses leaving, uh, exiting uh, 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 Egypt, and that all of the, the the various plagues, all of the pillars of fire, all the pitch thing, all were explainable by this astronomical event. And so he said that Venus would be proven to be carbon oxygen. And when they got the ability to take some initial, you know, the science got to the point where they could use by the the energy coming off the planet, they could tell what was there. It actually uh, said ammonia was the primary substance on the planet. And he was laughed out of science. He was one of the brilliant scientists that just, you know, crashed into the wall. And, of course, when they got probes up there, it's, it is carbon oxygen, which is the same material that would make a comet. Well, but the, um, the, the, I think it's covered in the law of one, that material that was channeled by Carla Rucker. Uh, and it's the way it explains it, it's not so much that Venus itself is a comet, but Venus was struck by a comet, and that explained why, of all the planets in the solar system, when you, when you look at the planets of the solar system, and let's say, you know, you have the sun here, and you have the planets rotating, when the planets are rotating around the sun, the planetary... Uh, the spin, the rotation. spin is in the same direction as it spins around the sun. Except, so, except Venus. So going like this, you know, the... the the planet is also going like this. Right. But Venus is the only is the only exception in the solar system that it's spinning around the sun, but it's it's actually on, around its axis. It's spinning backwards. So if you were sitting, if you were standing on Venus, you would see the sun rise on the west. Right. And they explained it in the law of uh, raw material about you know some event thousands of years ago where that is exactly what happened. It was struck by a celestial body, and that's why it changed the direction of the spin. Well, when he wrote his book, he wouldn't have known, A, the spin of Venus, I doubt, mm -hmm. um, at that time. I, I don't remember him talking about that. It was just that he thought that that's what the, where the comet ended up. So anyway, but that's not the story. The story is, um, Steve tells me about this. I read Belenskovsky's book, and then... I started, what happened was that in the, how the, how the hell, did, what was the timing on that? Because I had just read the, this, the winter before, December of that, the previous winter, I had read uh, the Bible. <laughs> um, and I could see that what the Bible was saying in Revelations, no, no, that, that, that's not true. What happened was that I ended up reading the Bible after I had read his book and what the Revelations were saying. I'm going like, God, that sounds familiar to me, like I've read that before. And then I realized it was from Velaskovsky talking about being hit by a comet. And so I knowingly said, well, if... If this, at the, at the end of Revelations, it says, anyone who takes away from the book of this prophecy will be written out of the book of life. And I thought that the entire book was a riddle. 
It was, you know, because you, you get thrown out of, you get thrown out of the Garden of Eden because you have taken from the tree of life. I mean, the tree of knowledge. And then you are sent out into the world to, uh, encounter the tree of life. You know, gonna go live life. And at the end of the book, it says you're gonna be written out of the book of life if you deny this revelations thing. And if you don't, if you're one of the 14,000 or 440,000 that are supposed to be saved, you know, well, you wouldn't want to do that. But the rest of us would certainly want to do that. It's a nasty ending to a story, right? So knowingly, I, um, I focused on the comet and I knew that if I was, if I was right and it was a riddle, I had figured it out in time and could change revelations. And if I was right and that happened, then conceivably I would be written out of the book of life. I would just cease to exist. I, I understood when I did it that that could be the final outcome. And uh, so I, using the three, I guess, I denied, the, the I, I refused to accept this as being, you know, not, not in my, my, my world. And uh, the damn thing took a 76 degree, 72 degree turn. Thomas, don't do that. So... You know, my my attitude at that time was, yeah, I saved the world. I figured this out. No revelations, new ball game. So I've never been uh, one to say, I mean, it's like this side joke I have, you know, yeah, you can believe in revelations, but it ain't going to happen because I, I know it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Don't bother me with it. But I think that that was, uh, I think it's true that that's what happened, that that, you know. So I understood how it only takes one person. You know, it's just simple as that. Anyway, so let's go through this so that I can see if there's something that I pick up. Yeah, well, before, even before, um, it was very synchronistic, Simon answering questions regarding this Archon business. Prior to that, for some reason, it was always in the back of my mind. I just never paid it any mind. I've never seen the issue in a shamanic journey. And then... I, after I had that uh, that crazy dream <laughs> helping those androids, uh, the next lucid dream was pure horror. I was uh, at one point I'm, I'm standing. Oh, which, oh, okay. The 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 one where you you were turning. It was an AI situation, and you gave yeah. them their um, power. They were independent from the charging station. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Then it changed the software that they had sovereignty and free will. Right, right, right. So okay. that, uh, these creatures, these people were not bound by whatever they wanted. Because here, you know, they're housing these souls in these bodies, but they're a little better than toasters. I mean, you have to do what we say. Yeah. So, uh, but after that lucid dream, the next lucid dream was nothing short of monstrous <laughs> standing online waiting like this, standing online at the employment agency, you know, waiting for some job. Then I have to show up at this place where I'm supposed to be working. Uh, for some reason, I'm wearing one of those. Um, yeah, you must have seen them in the big cities, the big office buildings. Well, not in Florida because there's no winter in Florida. But uh, the executives in New York, when it's wintertime, they wear these huge overcoats that are like 300 pounds each. I don't know what the hell they're made of, but, you know, that's the executive attire. Uh, for some reason, I, I just couldn't fit it on me. And then the place where they wanted me to, to work, the 
uh, over the desk, under the desk, around the desk. It was just papers and shit. And I had to clear that stuff before I could get any work done. And it was just, I just wanted to die. It was so horrible, the whole thing. And then, um, you know, the, the, I think they're still being made. Uh, the televisions where when you're looking at something, you can open a smaller window on the screen of the TV and look at what's going on in another channel. You've seen those? Yeah. On, okay. Uh, so I'm looking at this bleak landscape in this horrible office, and all of a sudden, smack in the middle of the image, I get a square, and in the square, this it's like moving water. It's it's like a body of moving water seen from underwater. And what got my attention was the color of it. The color of it was my green color, the color of my own light. And it was like it was communicating with me or something. And I know that Dr. Costa has said that when uh, he did a, he used to do a ton of dream interpretation. And he says that every time you see or interact with water in a dream, that's a spiritual dimension, spiritual spirits, spiritual energy, spiritual dimension. So I guess it must have been my own spirit coming at me in this horrible lucid dream. And something changed that. Uh, my whole attitude changed, and I was able to do something that I, I have never been able to do in other lucid dreams. Because in the past, when I have experienced lucid dreams and I come across these giant panes of glass, my intellectual interpretation is that I must be looking at some boundary between dimensions or some kind of layering. Because no matter what I try, I can't get through them. The only one lucid dream was I was able to open one of these is because somebody opened it from the other side and they let me through. All other dreams, no matter what I do, that you can never open these giant... Uh, wall size, you know, panes of glass. But in this dream, after this this square Im- appeared, so I could see the image of this moving green emerald water. And then um, in order to get out of that office, I remember there was one wall was just like a, I described a giant pane of glass. <laughs> and I grabbed, of all things, somebody made, uh, had made a, a desk lamp. You know those... Uh, you see them in the cowboy movies, those water pumps where you have to go at a lever and then it pours out and you fill up a bucket, you know, like in cowboy movies. I actually own one of those things. Okay. Somebody had made a desk lamp out of one of those things and it was like 70 pounds heavy. I didn't care. I just picked it up and started banging at this and I literally destroyed the entire thing and I was able to get out of there. And I got out of there, went into a, a totally different environment, and came up to another giant panel of glass. And I, oh, this time, oh, I was it, the second environment was a, again in a building. It, again, it wasn't a building. It was like uh, moving around hallways and staircases, stairwells, and then came a, came up to another giant pane of glass. But this time. On the other side, I could see that it was the outside. It was finally, you know, outside of this disgusting building, whatever it was. And I started going at it and destroyed it again. And when I destroyed it, the landscape... You still had the lamp with you? Uh, No, I remember... How'd you destroy it this time? um, It's like I was 
it was like I was going at it with both my hands, like I was holding uh, golf clubs or baseball bats. So I was holding something, and I was going at it like this with both hands, and uh, it, I totally destroyed that panel. And when I went outside the building, I thought I was going to be seeing some kind of street scene or city, but no. It was all open land. And the last image before the dream dissipated was all tree lines. You could see just as far as the eye could see, just full of trees like forest. And, and everything had that same tinge as the water, that green emerald light. And that was the last of it. That was the last of that lucid dream. So I'm thinking maybe they're punishing me for having <laughs> messed up. <laughs> having butt my nose, stuck my nose into their business with that. Well, let, let's look at it. It's very interesting that the uh, the lamp was a water figure. You know, so you again, you know, spiritual energy and spiritual energy. So you the the way you broke out was using spiritual energy. You know, in the form of this lamp. And then by the time you got to the second one, even though you say. You had some kind of a club in your hand. You don't know what kind of a club. Two of them, one in each hand, correct? Mm-hmm. And you, and you were pounding on this glass. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't visualize what those clubs were. So I think that in that case, the second glass, you were using your spiritual power to break through that too, but you didn't have to use a device. You were doing it by yourself. You didn't need the, the lamp. Mm. Okay, so so by also the, there was another uh, um, that's something else that I, that's why the things that I wrote to you in the Skype chat, um, since everything in in a dream is some kind of mnemonic, you know, mnemonic clue or something that your 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 brain tries to put meanings on, tries to assign labels to things so that you can understand it. Um, I found significance also on the thing being a lamp, you know, lamp, genie, genie, lamp. Right, right. That's why that was the reason for my line of questioning when I sat down with the pendulum. Because something, you know, you know, here Simon is saying that these entities are purely energetic. That's why they can influence people's thoughts so easily. And the jinn are also purely energetic, so I'm thinking, okay, there's something going on here. Why am I, you know, like the like when I will get a device design, you, know, you get the recurring image over and over, and the only I can only get rid of the image by making the thing, and then the image goes away. So that's why I said, okay, let's ask questions. What you know, what are we talking about here? So you pulled out the pendulum and and you began to. What made you fall? Well, tell me what you did next. Well, um, since I know that from things that I've read, uh, bloggers and people that do channeling and stuff like that, uh, they claim that whatever these entities are, they're always you know on the lookout for people and their thoughts. First thing I did is I invoked a full ring feel for myself, so that all my and also program my own. Merkaba field to be undetectable and invisible to all man-made and non-man-made technology so that I could ask my questions in pure privacy. So then I went ahead and started asking. Uh, I asked 
the, my first question was, is Simon Parks correct in his statement that the entities labeled as Archon are the same as these entities? Let me, let me just interject here for a second. Sure. What I'm getting <clears throat> is that I'm, I, I'm listening to you and I'm going back over the words you gave me uh, in the message. And um, you're saying that there are 12 bodies, well, the 12 bodies, uh, and, and you said... Um, uh, they have lost their connection to source, okay? And that's why they're energy vampires. I don't think they were ever connected to source. I think they're artificial. That's what I'm getting. Makes sense. That would explain why they only have four of the twelve bodies and why they can't. It also explains why they cannot incarnate in an organic body and they want to develop some form of, you know, robotic uh, uh, emulation of a human form. And it makes perfect sense because if you come from source, you have it in you. You have the, all these codes to be able to incarnate into an organic form. But if you don't come from source, you, if you don't have, that's what I was asking. The, the sequence of the 12 bodies, starting from the lowest, which is the physical, you have the physical. Next one up is what's called the spiral body or the coil body, which is actually it's a very subtle energy body that's actually the, it's the DNA field itself. I w when I was dowsing the jinn, I was surprised to find out that, yeah, the jinn have a coil body. They have DNA. They are 100% natural. That's why they've been, you know, so, so powerful and so manipulated. But when I started asking about these entities, I mean, do they have a physical body? No. They have a coil body? No. They have a gravitational body, yes, etheric, yes, astral, yes, and spiritual. After the spiritual body, which is the sixth body for all of us, the next, the next structure is the same names, you know, physical, coil, gravitational, but with the word universal in front, a universal physical body, universal coil body, universal gravitational body. These guys have none of the universal bodies. They just have the, the four. And that, when I got that information from the dowsing, it explained to me perfectly why they cannot ever incarnate naturally, be born naturally in a, through uh, organic means. All they can hope for, because they have a gravitational body, all they can hope for is to interface at the energy level with a highly sophisticated AI. That's about it. So, I don't know if they're remnants from some far-off civilization that was in the business of building these uh, AIs, because that's essentially what they are. They're like, they're sentient, but... What I'm getting is that somebody created them to do this, very specifically, and I don't think that... The, I think this is, is a, a, somebody attacking with AI at the etheric level. Mm, these okay. archeons um, that are... Oh no, they were specifically made to do this, to, to attack Gaia. Because, it, think, think about it, every field is different. Now, the universal field gives you all the ability to, you know, move through different fields. But if you don't have that, then you've got to be field specific. So, they're probably the only place that they even are activated is here. Makes sense. 
Well, that's when I asked. Oh, damn. Now I'm getting that um, this comes from Atlantis. Makes sense. They, they, did, it, they, did, it to our, they did it to us. They were playing with A... Oh, man. Okay, so they were playing with AI, etheric, doing whatever, and um, and this stuff has been around since. With nobody controlling it. So it's got, it's got, it's got, it's, um, that's why it seems to be, I mean, seriously, if if it had some kind of a game plan, it's sort of like the black goo. The black goo was, was capable of being programmed as a sentient thing. It could be also programmed to accomplish a given mission. And probably it had multitudinous missions, who knows. But the frequency that, that they give it sends it off on that specific mission. And of course everybody here when we were talking about it was, um, for some reason fixated on terraforming. I suspect that that was the inclination behind these archons that, um, they have a mission, but there's nobody to send out the signal of mission. So they're kind of like, because if they had a mission, I think that they would have already succeeded. They're not under the control of the Kabbalah. They're not under the control of the Illuminati or anything else because the control element was an Atlantis, which is no longer there. So well, They're very consistent, you know, keeping everybody trapped here. That's what I'm saying. It's an automation. You know, it's like an AI automation thing, and... Um, if they were given anything specific to do, they're either continuing to do it or they don't have anything specific, so they're just continuing to do what they were doing, which is, well, let's just fuck up the muck. <laughs> That's when I asked if Gaia wanted them or needed them for some reason. I got a big, fat no, a big, huge no swing on the pendulum. Uh, then I asked, about the the jinn, the it, the the jinn have ten of the twelve bodies. I mean, the, the only two bodies they're missing is the physical and the universal physical, but they have all the others. So that they do have a spiral body, meaning that they do have a DNA field, even though they they don't have a material layer. Well, we know DNA ex- extends through the other dimensions, so. Just because they don't have a physical body doesn't mean that they don't have DNA. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a toning sequence that can be seen by mathematics, you know. And then in the three D, is it looks like you know the protein and the genes and the whatever they are. So if also these if these black magicians are aware of you know the Archon agenda and how they're manipulating people and they're taking advantage of that energy feeding. That's what, that's another reason why it would behoove them to enslave the gym to make sure that there, there's no possible weapon against these uh, Archon AIs. Because I ask, do they have the power and the capability to remove these guys? You know, because well, they have the power and the capability, but they don't know how. Well, that's why I, when I ask if they could use the the Shanghai tetrahedrons. So those are portal gateways. 
then uh, these things are not natural, then the best thing for them to do is to be taken back to the quantum field and just dissolve. Now, when you were, were asking about the uh, the portal, the Tetrahedon portal, were you looking at one specific one? Well, the, I was looking at the original image of that night that we did the work together for the gym, and that the tetrahedron appeared in the cavern. I was I was still remembering that image, and so I, I visualized that, and I was asking, and the Shanghai tetrahedrons, since they're portal gateways, can they be used to you know evacuate these entities out of the earth, back into the quantum field? And, and they can be, you know, dissolved back into proto-energy or whatever they're supposed to be. Okay, theoretically that's true, but you can't use that one. Okay, or I guess new ones. <laughs> um, Do they need a special... Oh, no, you need, to, you need to go through the Atlantean one. So the, the Atlantean Mercado? Uh-huh. Great. Let me let me just look at this again. Because when we tried to send the um, black goo back, and we, you and I were talking about the Gulf vortex, but yeah. the gin went immediately to the Atlantean one to send them through. Okay. So then they know. Then they know which is would be the correct portal to evacuate these. Yes. Things, yes. Which also explains why somebody was interested in tampering with it. Because, again, this is another device that would... Uh, well, it comes down to frequency. Mm. Because a lot of this stuff happened when um, the Atlanteans were screwing around with powers that they shouldn't have been screwing around with. So they opened these different gates, if you will. But they're frequency dependent. So if you want to get rid of something that was created in a specific time frame, you've got to get as close to that frequency to match the frequency that you're trying to deal with. So, yeah, the, the djinn under, well, the djinn knew that they, that they couldn't do it through the one that you were thinking about. But in order for you to get to the next step, you were given a yes by the spirits because apparently the djinn already knew that it wasn't going to work that way. Okay. Okay, but you have to get permission. Remember, Jin will not do anything without permission from Gaia or from us. Gaia is not doing anything unless we witness it. So it comes back down to the witnessing thing. So, um, oh, wait a minute. The Jin are trying to tell me something. Oh, the djinn say they can't do this right now. They have to wait for some kind of an energy, um, sort of like what CERN was waiting for, that there is some kind of a, an, a, an energetic energy field that they need because you can't send them, you can't send these things back to Atlantis. Because if you, if you send it back to Atlantis, you sent it back to its source, but they could just as easily start it up again. Well, then, then I have a question. Remember uh, what Tara did? That she was able to change her energy signature in order to reach back in time and bring her elementals into the present? Can't Gaia... Yeah, no, okay, Jin said, yeah, Jin said, yes. Um, what, the, what they're saying is that um, we have to stop it at its source from ever entering into reality. So that does mean going back into the Atlantean time frame, 
but to um, make it fail. Correct. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, now wait a minute. Let's see what happens if we make it fail. <laughs> okay, if we make it fail, the Archons cease to exist as, as being a uh, player in the game since their, their inception. So that changes history. So that's changing history to um, our reality. In other words, the old reality is going to hold on to that timeline history. But on our, it's almost a story to tell us why we don't have these things here in our reality. Okay. All right. Um, so what 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 they're saying is that all they have to do is send them back. But when the Atlanteans, not realizing that they've been gone for for two thousand years and then lost their memory and came back, you know, just the same thing that space space rate the breakaway civilization is doing to so many. But that at, at the moment that they actually try to, oh, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing, um, geez, Extant is coming on and it's it's about human AIs, two-hour finale thing. But and so I hope I'm not pulling in that image. But I'm seeing an image of all these like robotic AI characters, okay, laying like you know, rows of them, rows and rows and rows of them. And so they they are physically in automation, you know, in the form of humans because the Atlanteans, you know, were real big into humans. And so they've got them all laying there, and then they um, essentially uploaded all of this, this energy, almost like each one of them was a little computer, and they took all that and then they uploaded it into some kind of a gizmo, it must have been a crystal. It was lead. a gizmo. It was a gizmo that had some kind of a vortex thing. And I don't know what they thought they were doing with them. I'm not sure I want them. And um, servants. No, it's something else. Servants. Oh, so. okay. They were using it as some kind of a mind control weapon. Hmm. Who were they at war with? Well, they were at Oh, they were at war with the priest. Because the priests, uh, it was like scientists, crazy-ass scientists, probably Nazis, and the priests. And the priests were warning them what they were getting into they shouldn't get into. And they really didn't care what the priests were saying. But the priests, you know, in Atlantis were held in really incredible high esteem because they were ascended master types and very connected to source. And so um, the priest and and there was other there were other uh, civilizations there on Earth at the time of Atlantis, and some of them, actually quite a few of them, I guess. I'm getting pictures of these little tribes. Um, were so connected to Gaia um, source that. Uh, they, they, they weren't playing the game. And apparently, to be able to do some of the stuff, is they were playing thought game, and they had to, um, they had to get the, uh, the control the priests had over thought, over thought away from the priests. So, they decided that they would go after it in this way, weird etheric thing that they were doing with these AIs. And that's what put everybody into bondage. That, that was their, they sent them out. So they sent them out, 
then Atlantis screwed itself up and blew itself up because it really did blow itself up. I mean, it was they blew up anyway, blew themselves right out of reality. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so what you got now is you got this mechanism is still out there. So the gin the gin send it send it back to the to the Atlantis. Oh, okay, okay, oh, okay. And what they're saying is that, because, the, you know, I mean, the gin at the time of Atlantis weren't really in the game at all. Okay. Okay, so they're just living... Their own reality. Their own reality. And um, all of a sudden, you have Atlantis happen, and this Archon thing gets into, starts mucking, mucking around. They know it's there, it's not affecting them. But... Um, Somehow or another, the uh, well, then the sorcerers got a hold of the fact that the djinn were there and were able to control them. So, what they're going to do is they're going to, because um, again, they're immortal and they're not stopped by time. So they're going to go there to when they did it, and they're going to put up a barrier so that they can't get in. They're going to close the vortex. So these these entities. Oh, they're going to they're going to collapse the vortex as they start the process. So these entities were pulled in from another continuum. No, they they were artificially created, but they oh. and they were created out of some kind of a probably hemp oil. <laughs> they're they're not they're not they they're, they're biologically created. Um, but they're incomplete at the same time. Oh God! Now I just got this really weird thing. There's no bodies attached to them at all. It's just heads. Correct. It's just heads. So they get all <clears throat> they <clears throat> they get all these heads <clears throat> that are biologically created, like a biological computer that they then programmed to be able to enter the etheric level <clears throat> because that's where that's where they can can then because they're they're so so similar in. Um, in frequency, that's when they can get behind the, in the brains of other people, in, in 3D people. There were nothing short of biological cell phones. Yeah, and then they, then they, then they connected them all to make a circuit, a uh, system, and then they took that entire system, it's little, like a little wormhole between the 3D and the etheric. And somehow they were able to, Almost like using uh, light optics, whatever device. The, the, okay, so they got these heads. The heads have got this programming in them, biological heads that got programming in them. Then they took all that programming, copied it, and put it through what is almost like a laser beam, but it's a communicate, almost like a, it's a wire. It's representing the wire, like you know, fiber optics, but it's only working in light. A cohesive light. Light is, light is information. Yep, and so that's what they did. There was a vortex. Somehow or another, they were able to create a vortex between the 3D and the etheric. Now, we just... See, we just as human beings can access the etheric. That's yeah. where all the psychic capabilities come from. That's, these that's the, these are artificially made. They have to come up with... Exactly, exactly. But once they injected them into the etheric realm... With the, like I say, the, this 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 programming that they had that I'm not sure, I'm not feeling what it was really, but it, it it's it's what became we know as the Archons. 
It's all artificial. That came from Atlantis. So that's that portal between the physical and the etheric is what they can collapse? Yes. But again, the, the, the Jinn are like, we want to do this. Can we change time? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Because they need this... They need some kind of a balance, some kind of an opening, something else that, you know. How so? Huh? How so? What? An opening because, how? Because they got to get back to the exact point in time. You can time travel, but where are you going to end up? Well, since what about uh, Gaia is holding all the Akashic records? She, she can pinpoint it down to the picosecond. Um. Yeah, I know. No, they know exactly what the, the, this, the parameters are of this thing. I think they're waiting for that damn wave. Or I shouldn't say damn wave. I think it might be a good wave. I don't know. You mean the galactic waves? Yeah. That one they, they say is on its way to us. Or something with the sun. Now I'm seeing the sun. I'm seeing, seeing CMS. Can't we, uh, uh, can't, I mean, I've done this in shamanic journeys. Can't we invoke, uh, a beam from the great central sun? That's the astronomical equivalent of adamantine particles. Yep. See, I didn't know that, so I kept fishing around trying to figure out what they were telling me. Yeah, the light from the great <coughs> the gin, all the gin, all the gin know is that the frequency, they're not feeling the right frequency. They understand what they have to do. They have no problem with it. But from their standpoint, it's like they're not getting the go signal. Okay. Right? Now, this frequency is specific to what? To a field? To a place? To Atlantis. Oh, okay. Time. It's a time frequency. Time and place. And space. Place and now, space make time. Now... The timelines have been around forever, so obviously they were parallel Atlantis. So they're fishing for... Not the at the moment that they did all this. Oh, I got you. Okay. That's that's the thing with Atlantis, is they were playing with time. And it wasn't like what they're doing now. Perhaps they built on what they, what was known about Atlantis. But um, they, were, they were attempting to um, be able to take the entire planet and and put it different places. Okay. Now since you're since you got an open line there, do this. Instead of scanning the past, ask them to scan the future. I won't do that. I will not do that because the future once you scan it, you're locking it in for yourself. It's 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 you can create it, you cannot well, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is because Metatron insists that the things that happened in Atlantis didn't happen in the past. They might find that signature in the future. I'm not sure what you're saying. Me neither, but that's the way that Metatron explains it. For I, it, 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 Say it, it to me again. Say it to me again. He claims that everything that happened in Atlantis is actually something that happened in our future. He he claims that it did not happen in the past. He says, it, but because of your linear thinking, <clears throat> you keep putting Atlantis in your past. And so that's why I'm who suggesting... Is, who is claiming to be channeling Metatron? 
uh, Tiberon, the from the Earthkeepers website. Not true. Okay. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just putting that out there. Maybe that's where they would find the, that signature. No, there. because I'm checking with Metatron myself. Oh, I'm okay. Asking him, he's saying no, not true. Oh, okay. So whoever <laughs> these people are, they they he's saying hijacked. Okay, so then Metatron is, is saying that this is an incorrect incorrect data, correct? Uh, yeah, according to Metatron and me. <laughs> I mean, I could be getting hijacked. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's like I checked in with him, uh, you know, when you started talking to him. And, and I do. I have conversations with him from time to time. And um, I'm like, you there? And he's like, yeah. And I'm going like, through. And, and he hesitated because he wasn't, okay, there, there, there's some truth to the concept of a futuristic connection to Atlantis, but I think that's right now. Okay. That everything we're doing, we're trying to break away from the Atlantean shackles. Most of oh, us. So, so then the, the best candidates to give us the information would be the gym that are living in Atlantis themselves. They would be able to provide that signature, that frequency that the present gen are waiting for. Just a direct connection. Those are free, and the ones now are free, so there would be nothing stopping them from communicating with each other. Yeah, but the gen are the gen. Okay, now we have the different types of gin, and I'm trying to figure out if Atlantis is not there, is it, is it water gins? Who's there? Who's, I mean, who's here right now that would have that frequency? Because the ones that were there then would be here now. Well, was Atlantis, uh, the, were the islands volcanic in nature? That would be fire gin, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, and they lost... Oh, okay. Alright, so there seems to be some chattering in the gin nation between... Apparently these gin that were in the volcanic areas when the, when the, when the thing went down. Oh, wow. That's why Hades in the situation it's in. Haiti the island? Yeah. Yeah. Because when the, when, you know, I mean, they lost a lot of, of land, (laughs) went underwater. Correct. You know, which is, um, and that. Check to see if they're wearing this. I, I, I asked them this afternoon to take, make copies of it for themselves. The gin? Yeah. The portable neutrino generators. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep, they're wearing them. On their foreheads. No, they're not wearing them on their foreheads. They're not, they're, oh. they don't have oh. exactly forehead type of thing. Oh, okay. They're kind of, it's kind of like, they sort of have arms, arm things, you know? Mm hmm. Is that right? Oh, not everyone. Not every gin. 
Oh, okay. I thought it would be ideal for their higher protection because they could they can generate a neutrino fullerene. No, because these guys these guys don't know how to do that. Oh, okay. They just do it. The only thing, the only weakness the Jin really had was the the the, the sorcerers could capture them because they need the tone. Okay. So no, they don't really they don't really have that. Um, well, I told them to use it to generate a neutrino fullerene because a neutrino fullerene would be immune to anything EMP magnetics. But they don't yeah. know how to do that. They don't need to do that. Oh, okay. See, we understand it. We're being taught the the science, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. The jinn just have it. They know it. Oh, okay. They just do it. They they can't explain. It's like you know when I was in learning high, high school geometry. I just knew the answers. I don't know how I got them. I just knew them. <laughs> you know. And it's the same sort of thing. So you can't explain to them something. No, like, I'm explaining and, it to you. I'm not. No, a, no, that's what I'm saying. You explain. You can explain it to me. But that's not something, you know, it would be better off to say, um, uh, you know, like, uh, put them in a, put them in, put, put the Archon in some kind of a cage you're, you're making. And they would just make a cage, you know. And they wouldn't know, they wouldn't need neutrons or anamines or anything. It's just their own energy is that powerful that they would just, okay, done. Like magic. Like where we're going, you know. They, they're uh, extremely, extremely powerful, and they know well, it. Great, well, that's a great idea, until they can ascertain and locate this frequency they're waiting for. Let's go ahead. Well, what that's is- what they've done. They have actually know where they are. It's just like they did with the black goo. They well, located all the black goo, and they essentially put up, well, they watched them. We know exactly where every piece of that black goo is. It's the same thing with this. We know where they all are. And... Um, so let them put the archons in containment until such time as they can locate this frequency they're waiting for. Yeah, I'm getting that it, it that our Earth right now has to get to some kind of a position. And, you know, it's, it's like we could try to bring it before, you know, but that's, I'm getting very much that it's, it's, it will happen, but it's not going to happen until the djinn get the go signal. And we can't give it to him because we don't know. And Guy okay. can give it to him, but she can't do that without us witnessing. We so in the game. Time, let's put these guys in containment so they stop ha- harassing humanity. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're just sort of locked, sort of locked down right now. And um, I suspect that we will get the signal. You know, we'll just you or I or, or Jen will tell us or something. To um, you know, let's do this right now, um, but I don't feel that it's right now. Okay. I feel like we have to wait a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys were also involved in the running and maintenance of those fake dream cities. I was, you know, energy harvesting at at its best. Yeah, again, going back to the Atlantean time, because that's when these dang things showed up. I thought it was because of the, the rip, rip in that dimensional thing. Because of the change in the DNA. 
Okay, they, yeah, it's weird. Sometimes you need two things to be able to get it done. And I'm not sure who's thinking up this stuff. <laughs> Somebody with a very imaginative mind. So, so let, let's just wait until we get the go for it. And they're all very happy. They, 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 yeah, everybody's... Yeah, my my under, perception and understanding is if these guys can be put on a timeout until they can be moved... Yeah, they're, they're, they can't... A lot of, a lot of people are going to start waking up. And no, 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 no. They're, 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 they're not doing their thing right now. Okay? okay? But the thing of it is, is that when we send them back to Atlantis, to their very source connection, just like what happened when the black goo went back, you know, it's like it, it changes everything on that side. And it will change our timeline. So they're not going to have mucked with us for all these, what is it, 15,000 years or whatever. It's going to cease and desist. And without that, all of a sudden, people are going to wake up because they were really never asleep. Oh, wait. Are you saying that our ascension is in the past? <laughs> well, I don't think, I, you know, me and that ascension thing. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just wait. Awakening was never in the present or awakening is... <laughs> Really, but I've got to go and watch Extant because this thing is, like I say, it's this AI thing. Okay. And um, and uh, it's it's the last two hours of it, and I, and I could watch it on a repeat, you know, go to Direct TV, but I find I like to watch these things when they're being um, projected to everybody, so I can feel the energy. You know, what's happening with the energy as people, you know, confront this information. So it's starting right now? Yeah. So. Okay, no. Thank you for your time then. Oh, no, no. My, my pleasure. I wish I could stay longer, but like I say, everything is right time for everything, right? Okay. I love you. I'll Take it easy. Have a good night. Good night. Bye. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Walt. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Darn thing didn't want to stop. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Walt. How are you? Hello there. And did you <clears throat> did you uh, like your <laughs> your tape? Well, you no, that tape? guy is a putty mouth. He has to learn to watch what he says. Well, <laughs> we we didn't intend. We were not live. Let's put it. Well, we were live, but we were <laughs> going over the radio. Yeah, I said I said a couple things, but I wasn't about to pull them out. They were right. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. That's where it ended. We we had the Jin with the um, Archons. Now it was interesting because in the tape I mentioned that they put them in a in a prison, but what seems to have happened is that they took the space that the Archons were in in the etheric and basically stopped its vibration, so that they went into almost like a, like they were turned off or in a state of you know. Suspension, and that's where they are. Now, I, to be honest with you, I, I mulled over all the options many, many times in my imagination. Like, okay, if we did this, what would happen? And just trying to um, work it out as a 3D exercise. But then, when I would get uh, meditative, and sometimes just out of the blue, I'd get more connections as to what was really happening. And what was really happening is. 
the jinn are immortal. The jinn that were there at the time of Atlantis are still here at this time. Now, we do time travel, humans do time traveling, but because there's a break, we're not immortal. You can go back someplace because you're not there. But they cannot time travel, apparently. It's not within their purus to be able to do that. However, there was the um, potential of a ability to essentially send the thought back to that person that was there. Uh, you know, wake up, we need you to do something. So technically it sounded like it would work, but then when you, t you play it out, I said, oh my God, if, if we do this, we're going to change our reality because we've changed our past. And to be honest, I am so certain that we're on ex in exactly the position that we need to be to uh, really catch the wave into our own expansion as, as beings that I don't want to mess with anything. So okay, so I don't want to. I don't want to go back to to Atlantis. I don't want to want want to change that. And that's me thinking. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just working this stuff out. So then I'm going like, okay, if we take the uh, take the archons and have the gin just put them in a rock, or it can't go in 3D, but make it you know a permanent situation that they don't. They just are locked into that one place in space forever and ever, um, essentially killing them. And something that Simon said, because in, during the week we were replaying Simon's show, and I listened to his discussion on the Archons again, and something he said really hit home. And he was talking about the Archons being similar to uh, Data on Star Trek. And it was sort of like, po the question was posed of, well, is he a sentient being? Is he, you know, would, could you kill him without incurring a moral uh, negative spot against you or something? I, I, there's no way that I could pull the plug on Data. Well, there was, a, there was a whole episode dedicated to that just one particular subject, if you remember. No, tell me, because you remember these things, and it's like hearing them all over again. Well, it, it, it was a... Uh, it had a few characters in that episode, but uh, him and Commander Riker, they had to uh, respond. Um, Starfleet Authority, you know, they got an order that they had to report to um, uh, one of their their stations, their space stations, uh and when they got there, what happened is the person who had uh, called for them to report to this uh, Starfleet station was a scientist, a cybernetic scientist, who, if I remember the story correctly, he was a disciple of Nunian Sung, the uh, scientist who designed and created data, because the whole issue around data, is, it's very reminiscent of the whole iRobot genre that was created by Isaac Asimov, the concept of the uh, positronic brain. Because a positronic brain is a very difficult thing to harness because it's a positron is a positive electron, whereas a regular electronics and electricity uses electrons, which are negative. A positron is the 
inverse of that. So positrons and electro- electrons canceled each other out. So Nunyan Sung was the scientist genius who was able to harness this and make it into uh, a working uh, you know, brain. So this particular Starfleet officer who was also a cybernetic scientist, he wanted to get, he wanted to, uh, essentially it was, it became like a trial. He wanted to take data, but they had made some progress or something in, in his investigation of Dr. Sung's uh, work. So he wanted to take data back to him, to the place where he did his work and research, and take him apart, essentially, to see what made him tick. So what, what, what ended up happening is that they, it actually became a trial as to whether this was, uh, you know, was this moral, was this legal, uh, was data, you know, what, because throughout the series, he's referred to as an artificial life form. They don't call him an android, they don't call him a robot. He's just a life that's been artificially put together. Uh, someone is asking for the player for Wallsboro Radio would be on a Mac. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just got a pop-up. So during the uh, the trial, uh, Commander Raker, Commander Riker, sorry, he had to play the devil's advocate and be like the prosecution, and say and do all the things that would prove that data is no more than a machine. And I forget who was the was was Troy there? I, yeah, I believe Counselor Troy was the counsel for the defense who had to speak on behalf of data and prove his case as a as a sentient artificial life forms that he could grow and evolve. Uh, so the the thing brought up a tons of issues as to, you know, what is the concept of life, uh, if at all, you know, what is the concept of sentience. So here Riker is showing, he see, if I press here, he's got a secret compartment where his ribs are, where if he goes in there, he can actually push a button and essentially shut him off. And at one point, he took off one of his arms. He knew how to disengage that. And, you know, doing all the things, proving, you know, this is just a machine. But then as the case progressed, uh, it was shown that he had sexuality. He had been, he had a, an intimate relationship with uh, the one character that was uh, killed off um played by Denise Crosby, and she was the chief of security before Worf, and there was an episode called Skin of Evil where she, the character was killed. There had been uh, a previous episode called The Naked Time 2 where they had had an intimate relationship. So little by little as the case progresses, it shows that he does not, despite his physical structure being machine-like or machine-based, as an intelligence, he keeps learning and evolving. And if he's never, every day that passes, he's not the same entity he was yesterday, much like a human being would be. So uh, toward the end of the episode, uh, when, you know, Riker loses, and the judge, the Starfleet judge, concedes that Data is a Starfleet officer and he should not be taken apart, the scientist who... Uh, wanted to take data apart, is talking to the judge at the end, and she says something about data, and he goes, yes, he's remarkable, isn't he? 
And the judge goes, you know, this is the first time you speak of him as he, because he kept referring to data as it, you know, like a copier machine or a toaster. He had finally learned to see him in, uh, with new eyes. You know, this is a, a living, growing, evolving being, not just a machine that walks and talks. So there was a really deep philosophical episode, you know, for those who like watching uh, reruns or uh, Netflix, you know, very nice episode. I forget. Don't ask me what season it was. <laughs> These people, I think, had six or seven seasons before the the show was uh, canceled. So, so I don't know in what season that was. Well, I can't. Re- I can't believe you can remember the title of this of each episode. <laughs> no, no, just some. You know, I don't have a photographic memory. Just the, the ones that I like. You know, kind of stick out there. <laughs> but it is an interesting. Um, you know, philosophical question. Oh, what, before what, I forget, that, that episode I mentioned, Skin of Evil, uh-huh. guess what it was about? The black goo. Oh, no. <laughs> that they went to the planet, and they found this living black goo that, you know, uh, Counselor Troy was coming back from some away mission, and her uh, shuttlecraft crash-landed in this planet, but they couldn't rescue her because there was this this thing like a like a little pond of black goo that would move around and envelop the ship, so they couldn't transport her through it because it was not entirely it was not entirely it had physics it had substance to it, but at the same time it appeared to be a very strong energetic field. That when they tried hitting it with phasers, it kind of fed on the phasers as opposed to you know, breaking up or disintegrating. And uh, this entity said that there used to be a civilizations on this, of titans on this world. And what they did is they shed everything in them that made them evil, leaving behind this black residue. So this entity was angry at this because he had been left behind. So that's what the episode uh, uh, is called, Skin of Evil. Well, when a few a few uh, episodes of our show uh, back, we took the um, black goo that was here from an ET source and sent it back to that source. That was a no-brainer. It was not something that was part of this biosphere. Just and it wanted to go. It wanted to die. Was what it said. Um, when we're dealing with this, it's a little different because, like I say, does it have the qualities of data? Data. That it's um, it's got a sentience and has it learned and all of the things that go into making life. I mean, I, who am I to make that that decision? You and I have talked many times about free will and how we may interpret free will in a more expansive way than other people do. But in this case, I don't think it's it's I don't think we have the ability to be able to make that decision of, you know, kill it, disable it, put it in suspension forever and ever. I don't think we have well, that. I have a question for you, since you have always have an open channel to Command Central, and Gaia has the capability of creating souls. That's why the animal bodies are alive, because our, our animal body has its own low soul, and our high soul is the consciousness that we that we are using right now to have this conversation. So couldn't Gaia pick up where these Atlanteans left off and just complete 
the structure of these beings so that they can incarnate as organic life forms and see how fantastic it is to be a human on this lovely planet. That'll teach him, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't think she's going to take it that far. Because, again, um, would the jinn want to be humans? I don't think so. You know, I'm not sure that this AI Archon thing, whatever, I don't even know what to call it. Because it's like, it's like a field, it's like a, a field, but there's individuality in it, which I find but, but odd. There, but there's an issue, Nancy, and this is a, this is, it has to do with something you've said, um, in the past. Like, for example, remember one time you were talking about the, uh, Shiloh, the dog, and you were talking about his fleas, and you said, you know, in, in the whole, in the grand scheme of thing, I don't know, I know other life forms form part of the circle of life, and there's a purpose, you know, each one plays a role and each one has a purpose. But you said, you know, what purpose are fleas? All they do is just consume the poor animal and they give nothing back. And this is my issue, whereas they might not be necessarily malevolent because they were just programmed, I still have issue with the fact that they need to feed off of something. I take, I have an issue with it. I don't feel comfortable donating my energy just because you have a right to exist. Nobody asked my opinion if you should be created or not. So if, you know, that, that's my thing is if you, if you, if you say, okay, we are going to reprogram them so they can be, you know, used for something useful. I totally agree with that. Okay. Who's going to feed them? Are you volunteering? <laughs> Well, well, that's the programming. The jinn don't feed off of our energy. They're not disconnected from source. They're not disconnected from source. So this this energetic feeding is part of their programming. You know. So let me let me just let me see if I can connect with this. Boy, there is a lot of chatter out there. This might not have been the best way of doing it. Chatter, chatter, better, better. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, it, okay. Yes, they're they're drawing energy from the three D, but they do not have to. It's just like the gin. All they have to do is draw the energy from the etheric. The etheric is is linked into the quantum. So there's never a, a, a loss of source for the for the energy. So if you're just talking energy, like you would plug it into an electrical outlet, okay, that is 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 an easy fix. Just you know, instead of your food source being the the etheric thoughts of human beings, it will be the etheric itself, you know, being fed by the quantum. Comment. Oh, I, I totally agree. This, this is like a, it's like a, what Grumbalo Melchizedek uh, said when he, when he spoke about the energy that the earth takes into her body. Uh, he spoke about the, the two currents of prana that come in through the poles. He said uh, in, in his work, in his flower of life workshop, where they teach you to, you know, assemble this pillar of golden light that brings in and that's what fuels your Merkaba light body. 
and he, and he said in his workshop, you know, don't be concerned about taking in, you know, this prana energy. He said the earth in one second takes in a million times more energy that you would use up if, if you were, if you lived to be a million years old, you would not be consuming one tenth of the energy that the earth takes in in one second. So he says, don't be concerned. This is the, you know, this is the energy of the universe. So that, that, that source is inextinguishable. So if they can be pointed, you know, to the right thing, then they don't have to, uh, become a burden on humanity. Exactly. Um, the other thing that right now they're in stasis, which, uh, means that they're off, means we can't even, they're not even turned on enough to take any kind of new programming. Um, so the first thing that has to happen is the jinn are going to, um, loosen the restrict, the, 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 the etheric is restricting the vibration of this entity so it can't, you cannot vibrate and you're not alive. Can I ask some questions before that even gets done? Sure. Well, in uh, going back to what Simon has had to say about this Archon slash Velen agenda, that that's why they're, uh, in his last recording, he said, you know, that's why their purpose is to make human life so unbearable that humans will be agreeable to the thought of transhumanistic existence where your consciousness gets put into an android body. So if that is so in regards to the Archon Velen situation, somehow that's telling me that there are secret human groups working toward this goal. So one of my concerns, if they're released from containment, is that are there outside out there secret human groups secretly developing some form of technology that will eventually house the Archon? If so, it behooves them to keep, you know, uh, somehow have access to these Archon or control them in some way. You know, it's more, it's more the other way around. The what? Archons are controlling them to create the thing that they need to be able to essentially manifest in 3D because they've got a robotic body to occupy. Okay. So it's not it's not that human beings um are attempting to control the the archon cannot be controlled by by unless they're using extreme high source magic and I don't think they're even capable of it at that level. I Could think be, uh, intelligence agencies with their remote viewers and their super psychics and super soldiers be able to do any of this stuff? You, you'd be more qualified to answer that? No. No, we're dealing in a different realm than they play in. Uh, that, okay. I'm, I'm getting continual confirmation of that. Um, let's see. Okay, even 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 some of them that think that they're that they're in control, okay, are being mind manipulated. What you're referring to humans or archons? No, the the, the the humans that that understand well that they recognize the archons and they think that, okay, you know, that that that, that they that they know they're there, okay, who think that they may be somehow in control of them are being mind manipulated by the archons to think that. 
you know, the best way to get something done is to make somebody think it's their idea. Oh, definitely. Okay. I had to do that. All right, so that that seems to be the mind game that they're playing with uh, human scientists that are so arrogant. I mean, it's just like, and these again are, those people are Atlanteans come back playing the same role they played the last time. And that's the problem, is that you've got a large percentage of the key players in Atlantis, if not all of them, have been brought back to this time frame to make right what went wrong. And that's Edgar Casey talking. So you've got people that are basically following the same mindset that they followed in Atlantis. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Doing yes. the same thing over and over and expecting different results? Yes, it is. And that <laughs> that is why the old world is so damn scary, because they're insane. <laughs> they keep doing it over and over again. And the difference between them and us is that we're saying, no, we're not going to do that again. That's insane. We've been there, done it, not going to do it. So, um, but anyway, see, but the difference here, okay, the difference here, is the fact that they have, in their ignorance, created a weapon to mind control. And basically what I got was that the uh, they were after, they were going to try to uh, screw with the, the frequencies of human beings so that they couldn't hear the, what the priests were saying to them, that they wouldn't hear the, the just the words to connect them to source, and, and they lost their way. That was what they intended to do. But before they ever even got to that point, uh, Atlantis was gone. So, so now you've still got the Archon thought entity doing that same thing. Just mucking with people so that they can't, it's the dream city thing. I mean, I'm with you with the dream city. Mm. You know, that they would, they would mess with people's etheric mentality. The thing that keeps us connected to source. Muddle it up. So that the 3D human would feel this feeling of loss, of I can't, I don't know where home base is, I'm, I'm losing my way. Um, at which time any dark force that could give you the right answers, you'd follow. And that's been the, the technique that's being used. But right now, in this moment in time, we have a situation where we've woken up to the problem, the thing that had kept us from our source, kept us isolated as, as individuals. And we can change that. We can put in a new programming, just like Dolly was talking about in chat. We can put in a new program so that instead of them mucking with people's etheric, they actually begin to fix people's etheric, that they go positive that they become part of the new reality as a just like the jinn now the jinn were were doing a lot of nasty things over there in the 3D and now they're they're working with us in a, in, a, in an extreme way to make our new reality real in a in a well it is real but to make it the dominant uh reality and i think that we can um do the same with the archons. Well, it sounds like the simplest and most straightforward program is 
undo what you've done since the beginning. No, because you changed the timeline again. No, I'm, I'm saying, you know, or at least undo what you've done in the present, you know. You saying, you know, we don't have to do any of that. Let's just leave the let's leave the past where it is in the past. We're at the present. Well, you're saying that they've been mucking with people's etheric, right? Yes. Okay. Can't they repair that? Well, that yes, that's part of the problem. So that's what I'm saying. You know, undo, undo what you've done to people in the present. Whatever you tampering you've done to make people, you know, energetically ill. That you have to keep looking for help from every everyone you can think of, you know. Okay, just repair the people that you've damaged. That's yes. not asking you to go back in the past. Okay, I got you. All right, yes, yes, that's exactly what they're doing, or what I I, I believe should be done, is that so that so the person that is um, <clears throat> an Atlantean <clears throat> going around in the same circle, they've been going around for incarnation after incarnation will suddenly have a repaired etheric connection and wake up, you know, like a switch. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah. Now, you're being, in that case, you're being, are you purposely being specific, indicating someone who specifically is from Atlantis or everyone who has been affected? Oh, everyone, but I was just using the Atlantean subject because I talked about it just a minute ago. Okay. No, everyone. Everyone is on, look at, everyone that's on the planet is here for a reason. They've got a purpose for being. And, um, again, we're not, we're not particularly dealing with the old 3D. We're dealing with what's here. Um, in our reality. Okay. So we've still, we've got, let me see if I can get this. We've got the two realities running side by side, and they're 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 con they're condensing into the same place and space, into the same time frame. And the people that are in the old world are vibrating at a frequency that's different than the people who are over here in the new world. What we're going to do is we're going to ask the archons to fix the etheric of those people so that they can get to a vibratory field and, and, and frequency that will allow them to just step into this one. Correct? Um, yeah. Is the, do we have to deal with the issues of free will in this particular scenario? No. Okay. And again, because this is... In, those people don't know they have any free will. They're yeah. mind controlled. Their etheric is all screwed up. Okay. Now they'll get their they'll get their uh, minds back. Come over here, and if they don't like it, they've got free will here. They can go back there if they want. Mm -hmm. But right now, that old world—that's the problem. They don't have any free will. First off, the archons have taken it away from them by the amount of mucking around they've done with the etheric connection. Yeah, the, the biggest, the biggest thing, this is my understanding, the biggest thing that they were able to do is, uh, isolate your, in, the intellectual in you from the spiritual and so much so that, uh, you find it very difficult to grasp 
even the most basic spiritual principles. It's like, yeah, you can read the words, but you don't know what they mean. So by doing that, you're always uh, stuck. You're limited in your understanding and your consciousness does not expand because you're not able to to realize the thing. I mean, the, the three steps of learning anything is, you know, first, you know, reading what is it that you're learning, two, understanding it intellectually, and three is realizing it. That's when you and the knowing become one. Well, that's where they, it's my understanding, that's where the obstacle come in, in that between understanding and realization. So that's why you have people that can quote the Bible page by page, and yet you ask them, what does it mean? And they don't know. They're, that is an isolation between the mind and the spiritual. And I mean, I mean it's no coincidence that, uh, I don't know how it was back in Atlantis specifically, but that's why the seed of the soul that's supposed to be in the center of the heart moved to the brain. Because in order to do that isolation, you need to change the seed of the, the soul. So I don't know if that was done by the scientists at Atlantis or it was part of the work of the archons to do that shift. And then in schools, you know, they force you to write with your right hand, which reinforces your linear intellect. You know, all these little tiny details just came together to do this one thing, the big block between your understanding and your realization. So I, I don't know if this is something that they can undo in people. Thank you for that. Yes, yeah. I think I think you explained it extremely well that that's the intent. You know, undo the problem. Mm -hmm. Reset the the heart is well. Make the heart your master. <laughs> the theme of this this radio show. Okay, now when I went through the process of um, really asking, okay, what, how do we do this? <clears throat> I got that um, if we program the archons with the same energies that we programmed this reality, and for those that don't understand what I'm referencing, um, in the beginning of this, which went back to, uh, what was the first one? I think in October of last year, it's so almost a year ago, uh, we started, uh, well, it's uh, it's uh, 19th, October 19th, it says Pink Rose. Okay, October 19th. Walt had, um, he gets, <coughs> excuse me, he gets these images in his head of devices, and, and it's like if he doesn't make the device, I think he even said something earlier in that, in that tape, if he doesn't make the device, it just stays in his head until he can make it. So the first, uh, one of the first things he made was a big, huge, how much did that thing weigh? The, the cube. uh the cube. Yeah. That took two two that took a gallon and a half of resin, so it must be over ten pounds. Yeah, it's a big, big thing. Now before he had sent that to me, he sent me we, we was we were working on the um the Shungite spiral. And this is when he began to understand how organ, the fundamental uh, a fundamental energy force of the of the, the this three D universe, um how it was working in in uh, spiraling in a spiral, and the spiral, depending on the length of the of the the, uh, the copper, has a frequency, 
And so when the organ starts propelling through this, this spiral, it creates a frequency that is then enhanced by the shungite, which has access to pulling in quantum energy into the, into the mix. And so he sent me that, and I'm going like, what am I supposed to do with this? It was like the first one. And well, what am I supposed to do with this? And I was led to my bedroom where I have a huge pile of all sorts of different um, minerals that's on a, a large slab of uh, quartz. So when I when I went in there, it, they, I, I was being like, really, they, they were very specific about what I had to do to place this, this particular spiral in relationship to this pile of crystals and so i finally get it right and i went to to just see if it was all right and i got don't touch it and i went okay don't touch it and all of a sudden the crystal pile just lit up it was like it was getting turned on and uh, i asked what this was and they said it was a um a computer system that i an etheric computer system with the energies of the crystals just like i think colleen mentioned about crystals um Oh God! It was a long time ago, but it was right after I was got out of the army. Um, I was still in contact with some people that were at the research institute of I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's one of these real big think tanks that the army runs. And they uh, were talking about the next generation of computers would actually use crystals. And I think that they're already out there. I think that's what the breakaway civilization is using. Um, is crystal computers. So the fact that crystals could be made into a computer is a well-known scientific fact. So anyway, so then he sends me the, the, the cube, and I realized that the cube was somehow connected to this particular system. So to make a long story short, he then sent me uh, what he called the reality dialer, which is a radionics box. And we began to, he began to build different frequencies that we put into the radionics box, which is, well, that's kind of a little, we're running out of time, so I don't want to get into what, how that works, but it's basically you tune in the frequency, um, and that frequency would then go to the spiral that would then go to the crystal computer that would then go to the cube that was now sitting out in the Merkaba in the backyard. And those frequencies would then be, used as a, let's say, the, the structure of a new reality that was being built one frequency at a time because we decided if we were going to build a, well, we were led to this and we didn't decide this on ourselves, we were just led to it because if you want to build a new reality, then put the energies into that new reality that you want in your new reality. Don't worry about the details. Get the energy basis first. So... um what I want to do now is, is Walt's got all of the, the, the list of, of, of uh, frequencies. You don't have to tell the date when they were put in. But I would like him to step us through a meditation where all of you guys um, are hopefully going to take the trip with us. And we're going to, and this isn't, and Guy is in charge of this. Um, she's, she's going to open up the, <clears throat> she's going to have the gin relax the compression on the archons enough so that the archon turns on. At that point... Um, but there's an easier way, though. Go ahead. Well, you told me in the past that the cube is like a living library. All these frequencies are in it. Right. Just because you change the spiral doesn't mean it's gone. Right. And the archons are, not, are non-material. I mean, you could fit all of them inside the head of a pin. Why can't the djinn release them into the cube? 
and let them receive the program. Because the cube is in the 3D. Now we could put the cube. We could actually just send the cube into the into the matrix, into their matrix. Perfect. With all the energies. Because you said the cube has copied itself several times the therapy. Yes, 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 yes. So putting um, that where they are, then they'll they'll have no other choice but to. Okay, all right. I'm getting I'm getting this picture. I'm getting a picture of the etheric. Okay, the cube, a ten pound cube, just sitting in the backyard, and it's going to etherically duplicate itself. Okay, at that point, we're going to make it really big, so that the archon. What 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 we can do is the gin can open up a portal from where they've got them into the cube. Following. Uh, in so, other words, we're going to put the the archons in the cube. Oh, okay. In the etheric cube. Okay, from from within their uh, containment thing. Right. The, the containment thing is they're frozen. Okay. So as the as the um, is is the constriction in the etheric starts to open so that they start to vibrate, okay? The vibration will cause movement, and if the cube is there just sucking them into the cube, the entire thing, it'll never, they'll never break containment. Okay. You understand that? <coughs> okay, okay, I got a better visual. We'll just think of the containment of the archons, okay? And we'll just... Put the cube right over the containment area. Okay. All right, and then the gin will release them, and they'll be contained within the the cube. Oh, that sounds perfect. Okay, and that cube is a new reality for them. All right, but I do want you to run through the um, the energies that are in that cube, so that the people that we're working with right now in the 3D understand. What the reality is that that we're we're basically creating for the archons. So you want me to read the twenty three the n names of the twenty three frequencies? Yeah. For the people. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Get again. That might not work. No, that's not going to work because again we're containing them. They have to be able to move freely through the etheric. Well, like I said, instead of uh, instead of putting the cube in this containment thing, just just open a channel between the containment field into the cube. The cube is alive and it's vibrating at tremendous speed, so they can wake up just fine inside the cube outside yeah, they, of. You're the, bringing them into the 3D. I mean, well, not, not the etheric cube. Alright, you, <clears throat> you want the etheric cube to just, but still, again, if you put them inside the cube, alright, you're limiting their ability to work within the etheric. We want them to be able to work within the etheric to fix the problems. No, I, I don't mean to keep them there. I oh. mean for them to be imbued with these 23 frequencies. I don't want to keep them in the cube. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I think you have a better picture of what's happening right now than even I do. <laughs> so why don't you just step us through how you feel, because I trust your shamanic knowledge to be able to talk us through um, what we need to do to be able to um, do what you're seeing. Are you comfortable with okay. that? Um, so um, I am I. Who am I addressing? Though am I uh, am I speaking to the jinn asking them to do something specific? Am I? 
calling out what is it that we are wanting to do or I don't know the structure of Well, I think you should just talk with Gaia. Okay. I so think I think the open yourself up to her and um because I think that she's got the image that she knows will work, but I'm not getting it. You okay. seem to be getting it. Well, quite simply, all of us, I mean, here we are standing before the armies of world spirit. Because all those out there listening, they are the armies of the light, aren't they? So we stand as representatives of humanity. So in the name of humanity, we are asking Gaia for her energy, for her love, for her assistance in retraining these sentient brothers and sisters, I guess, because they are sentient and they have sentience like we have sentience. Uh, we want to assist them and help them by reprogramming them, clearing out whatever was inserted in them in the times of Atlantis and giving them the chance to assist us in the creation and anchoring of this new reality. So one of the nice things for the folks out there listening, and this will be for all of us and for the planet, if you can just send the energy of appreciation into your physical heart, I don't care how you visualize it, not the heart chakra in the middle of the chest, I'm talking about your biological physical heart, if you can just breathe in and see your physical heart being showered with uh, whatever you, whatever visual is more comfortable for you, uh, silver particles, golden particles, whatever the visual is, just it's pure, complete appreciation. And you see yourself covering the heart and filling it up. And you might feel the natural tendency to breathe deeper, even though you may not have been thinking about your breath, and just fill that physical heart with appreciation, because when you do that, all the cells in your body turn on, and they go into ecstasy. And this is the point from which we want to talk to Gaia, from a point of personal ecstasy, the highest vibration we can have. We don't want to speak out of, from fear. We don't want to speak from anger or need or any low vibration. We don't need any of that. That's the old reality dynamics. We just want to stand there, uh, just fill ourselves with appreciation. And uh, do you wish to answer the question in the chat before we proceed, Nancy? Uh, <clears throat> when you are saying they are telling me, who are you speaking about? Gaia, is some mostly Gaia or can be the Jinn sometimes, it depends. But the only, uh, well, it's the only two I'm talking to right now are Gaia and the Jinn. So I don't know one specific one, I just call them they. <laughs> and, well, normally I'll say Gaia, but if it's they, it's, it's probably Jinn. Okay. So uh, where we stand in this point of perfect appreciation, we address 
Gaia in the name of humanity because we are as a group representing the sentience, the intelligence of humanity. And we are wanting to address, we are wanting to heal a, a different kind of sentience that has been with us for a very long time, the sentience of the Archon. How they were made is immaterial now. What matters is that they exist and they have sentience and consciousness. And we can give them, we are in a position to give them the chance to help us in the healing of humanity and in the formation and creation and cementing of this new reality. So we would ask Gaia, um, we would ask, I would ask everyone in this World Spirit Group to just become aware, uh, for those that have seen the picture in the chat, inside that dome is an image of the cube. I don't know if it can be seen <laughs> some somehow, some way, if it can be perceive its form and shape. And we're just becoming aware of an eth- and a perfect etheric replica of this cube, which is a living device containing the 23 frequencies that have been inserted in it, which are the ingredients of this new reality, a reality that's beyond the old agenda of good versus evil and light versus dark. That's old story. It's a never-ending circle. We don't care for circles. We just want to spiral up and continue with our the joy of our evolution. So become aware of an etheric, perfect copy of this cube, and we would ask Gaia to place this cube in proximity to the containment field where the Arcana are, and we would ask our brothers and sisters in the among the jinn to allow the contained Archon to be released into the cube because the cube is vibrating and it's alive and they can wake up inside the cube. So as they wake up inside the cube, they are, number one, they are receiving this new program of the, the elements of the new reality. And because Shangrite has the power to change the spin of things from noxious to positive to biocompatible, whatever programming they were given in Atlantis was not positive programming, was not biocompatible programming. It was a degrading, limiting, hurting programming that has hurt many people throughout time. So we ask that they be released at a speed that is comfortable for the jinn, release the totality of the archon into the etheric cube, that they receive the, the essence of these frequencies, understand what they are for, uh, realize the frequencies, what they are, what they mean, how they feel, how they project and use the power and the essence of these frequencies to go out and repair those that have been hurt by their handiwork. Those that have been blocked, those that have been brainwashed, brain con- uh, mind control, just return them to their natural healthy state. 
And when this job is accomplished, you're not done because now you have another job, that of deploying these frequencies so that more and more people become aware of the frequencies so that they can contribute to the cementing of the reality. And as you said, those that are unaware of the new reality because of their blocks can make a conscious choice. Do I want to continue living in the old agenda of good versus evil, poverty and wealth, dark against light, or do I want to put myself in a new reality where this is not the driving force? In the new reality, the driving dynamic is that enthusiasm, that euphoria of learning new things, experiencing things because you love experiencing things, not because you have a point to prove or you have a status to re a social status to reach or you have to impress someone. No, none of those things. You experience the things you enjoy and you enjoy the things that you experience and this makes you grow and this makes you expand in your consciousness. Very many teachers throughout history have told us that God experiences his creation through us. To answer the question in the chat, the cube resonates to the sixth dimension. Anything else, Nancy? Um, no, you still haven't given the 24. Uh, oh, I have to read them. Okay. Apologies. Just, just, no, no, just, you know, read them and just read them and then we'll say goodnight. Okay. So these are the frequencies of the new reality and we hope our, the, our, our friends have learned them and put them to use. Uh, the pink rose, counter fluoride to neutralize the frequency of fluoride, pumpkin ray and abundance, gratitude, forgiveness, sunlight, the light of the new sun, positive thinking, dominion, joy and love, purity, peace, Imagination, laughter, certainty, youth, Gaia's new frequency, because Gaia has changed her frequency. The new reality has a new signature. Anti-yeast and hemp. Faith. Then three frequencies were placed on the dialer uh, at the same time, compassion, empathy, purple ray. When I doused what was the frequency, the anti-evil frequency, I was given compassion. And today, the last frequency to go into the cube is the frequency of anti-tyranny. So we can call an end to the tyranny that has reigned over humanity for so long. The new reality has no tyranny. Thank you, sir. 
<laughs> I, 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 just, I just love your voice. Okay, so well, well, don't keep us in suspense. What did the what did the uh, military intelligence remote viewers saw? Exactly what you were doing. <laughs> uh, um, well, it, it was it was kind of interesting because the the <laughs> it was like the Jin and the Archon sort of like um, like you meeting a new neighbor. You know, it was it was. Um, there's some kind of communication going on between those two groups. I don't. I I I I feel like I'm eavesdropping if I get into it. But I saw this this kind of merging thing that happened. Well, I, and, and the Jin have nothing to fear of of the Archon. The Archon are powerless be, before them, so it's not like they have to be worried right, about the, them. Anything. Yeah, and the Jin the Jin are like, oh, you're kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, look at you, you gotta, well, because the, the, um, the image that I got of the Archon field was one of, uh, a, a deep, uh, dark gray, like, uh, some kind of a metallic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's more of a light rainbow. It's, it's very rainbowish and very, uh-huh. you know, it's, it, it, they, they've completely changed their, their look to me. And I'm sure there's other people out there that have been getting images in their heads and just, you know, sit with them. Know that they're real. That you're, when, when you do these things, this is, it's as real as going to the grocery store and buying groceries. Well, one of the things I was going to say is that since we've spoken of this before, that words have a denotation and connotation and it's always the connotation of words that supersedes and they touch into our feelings. They touch into our memories and programs so the the word famous and notorious you know <laughs> they have the same dictionary significance but yet you don't use them the same way because you're notorious if you're a famous gangster and you're famous if you're a singer you know so i i think that um one of the ways that the archon could be viewed within their new function in the new reality uh you could just simply say it. they're just elementals like spirit natures. You know, we have a spirit nature that each plant life, each plant species has a spirit nature in charge of looking after their health and their growth and everything. Well, so these were artificially made elementals. They have other tasks to do. They can assist people in their mental health. They can assist people in their energy health. They're just another form of elemental. They don't need to be scary, creepy things. We can no, get rid that, of them. that's exactly what's happened. And I'm sitting here while you're talking, and I'm realizing that the energy level is getting extremely light. Um, I can physically feel a change in the energy, and it's going it's going light. Like I said when I started this show, it seemed heavy to me, but now it's like hmm, getting well, very light. Think about it this way: if if they were pointed to feeding off human energy and humans in pain and suffering, what were they feeding on? You know, what you eat is, you are what you eat. That's true for energy entities as well. If you've been feeding on human misery for thousands of years, don't expect, you know, to be nice and light. If the jinn have pointed them to a new energy source, which is like 
the endless current of prana in the universe, then yes, their energy will be light and pure. There will be no human baggage in it. Yeah, it's really it's really cool because I mean my feet started tapping and I'm moving like to some kind of little song and I'm feeling really good. So I hope the rest of you are having the same kind of experience. Um, this that's why I wanted that's why I wanted them to not stay, but pass through the cube, because that way the the those Shanghai spirit spirals can change the spin of all that suffering energy that they've been feeding on. Right. You know, from exactly. noxious to biocompatible, like cell phone yep. type. Yep. Yep. Um, the question posed by Pookstore is to, wants to know if this is the reality dial. If there is a reality dial, it's a separate, separate device of the cube. The cube holds all the frequencies and is like the anchor to the reality, uh, as best as I can explain it. Could you explain it any better, Walt? Uh, the... Uh the cube is made up of six Shanghai spirit spirals. The Shanghai spirit spiral is an implosion coil that produces a toroidal shaped feel, like a donut. And the length of the wire, as you said correctly, produces a specific frequency, which is the frequency of the Shanghai. So it, there's a synergistic effect where the spiral enhances the Shanghai, the Shanghai enhances the spiral, and it just keeps uh, enhancing each other when the, when the spiral turns on, it gets noticeably cold. Some individuals have experienced, uh, like something similar to freezer burn when it's been touching the skin for a certain amount of time. And when I was still assembling this, still making it, I got severe face burn. I was red like a lobster just from being in its presence because it was putting out so much energy, and Nancy's the one who taught me to shut it off. <laughs> when I remember that time on Skype, I'm telling you, Nancy, I want to ship this out to you. I'm sick of it. I'm, my face is burning. You said, well, shut it off. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, yeah, so the, the cube is basically a, uh, it's linked to the, the, the quantum, uh, the Shanghai coils link it to the quantum field. So it's continually broadcasting all those frequencies that he read and I suspect there'll be more frequencies put in but it's continually broadcasting in our reality you, you you're not going to have any tyranny I can't even say the word because it's not part of the reality it's just not part of the reality because there's a frequency that says no it's not part of the reality and that's what the cube is is a continual in po- uh, continual uh, source of these frequencies that keeps everything. Uh, yeah, and you had. Uh, we could. Can we dare say you had direct uh, confirmation? One that uh, on that. Let me see the. Hold on a second. Let me see that document again. You put peace on January 15, and I remember you telling me that it was around the time that they were uh, speaking their heads off in the newscast about war with Syria or something. And well, that, then- was, that was the, the first time that, that they turned on the reality dialer. Was, okay. I didn't even know how to operate. Remember, I didn't even know, I couldn't turn it on. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. 
And yeah. all of a sudden, um, after a couple of days, it was like, you gotta, you gotta do this right now. And I'm going, do what? And that's when they, so you gotta turn this thing on, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta become the witness and you've gotta put out a thought image that no third world war. And I, like I said, I didn't even know how to turn it on. And that's when they made, uh, they had me make a, a key out of, out of Shungite and elite Shungite, two pieces. One was silver saturated. To be able to even start this this reality dialer up, which is a radionics box, you can look that up on and Google it. <clears throat> and in a radionics box, there's a witness. Well, instead of putting in a piece of uh, a tree to find out what's wrong with the tree, which is what one of the reasons radionics boxes work. I mean, it's something they do, in, in or use a spiral in the radionics box to build a reality. This time, they wanted me to be the witness to maintain that thought that no, this is not going to happen. No third world war. And unbeknownst to me, their panic about getting it done right then is that they had started bombing Syria. And it lasted for 20 minutes when it stopped. And nobody was able to explain why it stopped. You know? And it was, it corresponded to the exact same time that they had me do this. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, that wasn't the peace one though. Uh, what, what was the dates on that? That thing ran for a month, I think. Uh, peace. It was. It went on on January fifteenth. And when did the next one go in? Uh, to uh, February the seventh. Imagination went in after peace. Yeah, yeah. It was took like three weeks. That was the you know it just kept sitting there and I, I and sometimes they would would. Um, because they they were they were told to shut off when they didn't when the when the reality when the cube was filled when they didn't need any more of the energy uh because remember I had one running and I didn't know to do that and we got we got overpowered by the energy I don't even remember which one it was and um so some of them would go off and and before they put the next one in it um in one case they kept doing it doing it doing it and I finally they told me to turn it off and put another one in it even though it never it was certainty, and um, so we we kept putting certainty in. They had me put it in, I think, three times mm. to try to build that frequency up. Um, so no, the cube is different than a reality dialer. So, um, well, we could talk for hours more, but we've got to let Colleen do the next show, which is Haggy reads for you, Colleen. It is. And um, what are we reading? I'm reading Barbara Three Crow's book, Return of the Sacred Feminine, and Teachings of the Grandmothers. She's really excellent. Yes, she is. Um, so I hope that um, you all had a good time with us tonight. Walt, thank you again, uh, Magic. You're magic. Thank you. Well, I, I thank the armies of Wolf Spirit Radio. I mean, the, with, without their support, where would be we? Well, you know, that, that that was the other thing that um, I realized was that when we went and did the uh, gold mine uh, event problem um, and took care of that, there were so many people that were already focused on it, putting out all that good energy, that um, to, for us to have tried to do this by ourselves, we just didn't have enough human thought behind it, you know, to hold it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, then that's what the jinn, I think, were, you know, and Gaia was saying, no, we, we gotta wait, but I kept thinking it was an astronomical, astronomical thing, 
but it wasn't. It was we needed our friends to help us do this. So to our friends, um, thank you very much. Uh, it, it's it's always a fun trip to to do this. Remember, friends, the next party you go to, and somebody says, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" With a straight face, you shake their hand and you tell them, "Oh, I'm making a new reality." <laughs> You're welcome to come in if you want, but I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm fed up with the old reality. So namaste to everybody. Be safe. Walt, I love you. Colleen, I love you. Teaching, preaching, the unknown, unknown, unknown. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.